This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the rise and fall of Millie Vanilli, a German-French R&B duo who became global pariahs for not actually singing their songs. The day was November 19, 1990. The National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences rescinded the Grammy Award for Best New Artist from pop duo Millie Vanilli. It was the first time in the history of the Grammys that an award had been taken away. This unprecedented move came just four days after the duo's producer, Frank Farian, revealed in a press conference that they hadn't sung a single note on the debut album for which they had won the award. The public, and the Academy, had been under the impression that all the singing on the 1989 album Girl You Know It's True was performed by the two frontmen of Millie Vanilli, Rob Pilatus and Fabrice Morvin, a.k.a. Fab. In reality, the male vocals were provided by three uncredited singers, Charles Shaw, John Davis, and Brad Howell. To be clear, it's not that uncommon in the entertainment industry for the work of numerous contributors to be overshadowed by the more public-facing members of a production. Sometimes an album is recorded by studio musicians instead of the touring members of a band, and many performers lip-sync their songs on stage to prevent sounding out of breath during their complicated dance routines. The difference with Millie Vanilli is that they didn't credit these behind-the-scenes contributors where it counts the most, in the liner notes of their album. The credits in their multi-platinum debut album simply read vocals, Fab and Rob. Academy President Michael Green specifically cited this as the official reason for stripping the duo of their award. He explained, quote, I think that if Millie Vanilli just had a line that said, Millie Vanilli is, with a list of all the real singers, not just Fab and Rob, we would have never taken this action. Our action is predicated on a falsification of label credit. So why didn't the duo credit the real singers? According to Rob Pilatus, it wasn't just an oversight, but an intentional act. A few days after Farian revealed the deception, Pilatus told the LA Times, quote, We sold our souls to the devil. We lied to our families and our friends. We let down our fans. We realize exactly what we did to achieve our success. We made some very big mistakes, and we apologize. The devil in question was allegedly none other than Frank Farian. The German musician and songwriter had made a career out of pairing attractive performers with other people's vocals. In the 1970s, Farian put together a German disco group called Boney M. 
The group's vocals were ostensibly provided by four Caribbean singers, but in reality, it was Farian himself singing on the group's first album. When that ruse paid off, Farian decided to do it again, and when he met the dancers-slash-models Rob and Fab in early 1988, he knew he had found the faces of his next big act. It's a matter of public knowledge that Farian signed Rob and Fab to a record deal, but it's unclear at which point the duo knew that they wouldn't actually be singing on the album. According to Fab, they had no idea they had been hired just to lip-sync. Farian had played them an instrumental version of the Girl You Know It's True album, which he already had recorded and ready to go. When Rob and Fab signed the contract, they say they were under the impression they would really be providing the vocals for that album, despite them being dancers, not singers. However, it later turned out that Farian had also recorded vocals with professional singers earlier that year. Fab says that by the time he and Rob figured out what was going on, they had already spent the advance money for the album and couldn't back out of the project until they had paid their debt to Farian. What none of them expected, Farian included, was that the Millie Vanilli album would become a huge success. They figured it would be played in German nightclubs and discotheques, but would never find an audience large enough to discover or care about the misattributed vocals. However, Girl You Know It's True shot to number one in Germany, and it wasn't long after that the group signed a deal with Arista Records. When Girl You Know It's True was released in the US, Millie Vanilli scored five top five hits on the Billboard Hot 100, and the album sold over six million copies, with millions more sold around the world. The sudden success convinced Rob and Fab to keep their secret well after their debt had been paid. By then, they were addicted to fame and fortune, along with actual drugs, and they weren't willing to give up the lifestyle. But the truth very nearly came out anyway in the summer of 1989, when the group's backing track started to skip during a live performance. The words, girl you know it's true, repeated over and over, until the horrified duo finally ran off stage. Concert goers didn't seem bothered by what happened, but the media became suspicious, and rumors started to swirl that Rob and Fab may not be the ones singing on their record. The incident marked the beginning of the end for Millie Vanilli, and the duo could sense it coming. After winning their Grammy in February of 1990, Rob and Fab pushed back against Farian, insisting that they be allowed to sing on their next album. The arguments grew more heated throughout the year, eventually leading Farian to call it quits and come clean publicly. A few days after his press conference in mid-November, the Recording Academy announced its decision to revoke Millie Vanilli's award. Soon after, Rob and Fab called their own press conference, where they gave back the physical Grammy Awards, a move they had been planning even before the Academy's formal announcement. Rob and Fab suggested the awards be given to the three singers who actually performed on the album, 
but President Michael Green said that wasn't an option. In the aftermath, Arista Records claimed it had been unaware of the deception, though Rob and Fab dispute that. No fewer than 26 lawsuits were filed by former fans who claimed the record company had tricked them. In the end, a Cook County judge approved a class action settlement that entitled thousands of customers to partial refunds. $2 for Milli Vanilli cassettes, $3 for CDs, and 5% of the ticket price for concerts. After going public, Farian capitalized on the scandal by releasing a follow-up album featuring the real singers of the first one. It was titled The Moment of Truth and was credited to the real Milli Vanilli. As for Rob and Fab, they tried to make a comeback two years later, performing for real on the Arsenio Hall show and releasing a self-titled second album. That record sold an abysmal 2,000 copies, and the duo spiraled deeper into drug abuse. For Rob, that descent sadly continued. Five years later, in 1998, he died of an overdose at the age of 33. Fab, however, managed to get sober and start a new life as a public speaker and radio DJ. He even released a few solo albums over the next decade or so, though none of them approached the success he'd had with Milli Vanilli. In a fun twist, Fab actually returned to his controversial roots in 2015 when he teamed up with John Davis, one of the real singers from the Milli Vanilli album. The unlikely duo sang together for a series of recordings and live performances called Face Meets Voice, a Milli Vanilli Experience. Looking back, the scandal surrounding the group seems overblown. Sure, it wasn't Rob and Fab's voices on the record, but it was them on the stage, entertaining crowds with their charm and dance moves night after night. That might not have been worth a Grammy, but it should have counted for more than the public scorn that dogged them for years afterward. For my part, the only thing I hold against Milli Vanilli is that ridiculous name, which I've had to say way too many times today. But in case you're wondering, the name was likely inspired not by a milkshake, but by a closed-down disco in Berlin, though partial credit may also belong to a British pop group called Scritti Politti. One thing we know for certain is that the name does not mean positive energy in Turkish, which is what Rob and Fab claimed back in the early 90s. In reality, Mili means national in Turkish, while Vanilli doesn't mean anything at all. It's further proof that when it comes to Mili Vanilli, nothing is quite as it seems. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any feedback or questions, you can always write to me at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.